Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. In this week's podcast, Dr. Sheely talks about your child and relationships and marriage. Let's listen in. Today we are talking about, I think, an exciting topic, but I want to say one that, and and I know you'll be able to shed some light on this, uh, either professionals or parents don't sometimes dare to hope about this topic, which is when their children are diagnosed, using that word, with autism, and putting that in that frame, whether they're two, six, ten, uh, I I have literally heard people say, and now I know my child will never marry, and I need to accept that. And my response to never in general is, never is a long time. <laughs> and so I would just love for you to speak to us about this topic today uh, and what your thoughts are. Um, I love the topic, actually. And I think I love the topic because I kind of came into it through the back door as we were thinking about a treatment model using RDI in a different way. And as we were thinking about RDI, I know I've mentioned to you, we went to the Canadian Board of Employment and looked at the kinds of things they were expecting people to be able to do in the workplace this century that we're in right now. And so we use those ideas as guidelines for the independence, thinking about employment more than anything else. But because we were working on these particular things, we actually saw that our children were beginning to kind of follow the same trajectory, a little bit later, but follow the same trajectory as their typically developing peers in making friends um, on the school playground, that sort of thing. And so um, I still wasn't thinking about marriage because it was down the road a little bit. But then in about the last uh, five or six years, a number of those people that were the first group of people we saw on the spectrum have are independent and they are getting married. So I went back and I looked at this Canadian board of employment and, you know, let me just tell you the kinds of things that they're looking for in the workplace. And you tell me if there's one thing here that does not apply to marriage. Are you ready? Okay. Problem solving, flexibility, teamwork, relationship building, perspective-taking, self-awareness, uncertainty management. I feel like I should be writing all those down for my own relationship. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and so, well, I was thinking more about employment early on. I see that because we were addressing these things, we were also addressing the formation of relationships and all the things that it takes to have a relationship are built so nicely into that list. Uh, how, how key is every single point you made? Um, think about, think about 
um, some of the approaches that have been taken. For example, a social skills group, which is um, when you're having a conversation with someone, look at that person and stay on topic. Now, the only reason you and I ever stay on topic is because we have a topic and we're recording it. Even with that, we can go down a bunny trail. But in a regular conversation, there are things that happen that trigger a memory, trigger an idea, trigger a question, and we go in a different direction. We always do that in conversations. Rarely do we have a conversation where the topic that we started with is the one that we end with. And so this ability to take on the perspective of another is key not only to employment, but it's really key to relationships we have. And I think it's especially key because depending on the relationship, we, uh, we divulge a certain kind of information or another kind of information. So the information can be kind of a cursory uh, passing, oh, yeah, I, that must have been hard. Or it can be something that's more in-depth. And I think it's the same thing in the workforce where we have that, where, where there are things that we can, we don't have to talk about forever, but we have to maybe shift on it, you know, shift and do something. And certainly in marriage, these things are extremely important. Why do you think that, and then this is a, a deep question, I know, but why do you think no, I, I really don't want to speak to parents because at some point they're in crisis and all kinds of thoughts are going through their head. But I do wonder why uh, professionals sometimes and well-meaning folks absolutely just kind of have a cross-off list. This won't happen. This won't happen. This won't happen. Why Why do you think that is? Uh, uh, one of my friends was a dear friend with two boys um, who were really challenged uh, but she always said, you know, at the ripe old age of nine, they're telling me that this will never happen. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Or at the ripe old age of four. You know, and it is a good question. I personally think that it's a lack of experience, a lack of understanding how to get someone on a better developmental track, and also statistics. Because the research, the statistics, actually print a, a paint a grim picture of uh, what life is going to look like as an adult if you have autism. And that grim picture, because it's in the research and because it's in the journals, that research is assumed to be true. I'm not saying it's never true, but it's assumed to be true for everyone. And we go back to what you said earlier, never is a long time. So the use of those um, never and ever words uh, is something that we should stay away from. But I think it's probably the research and the statistics and the population and how the population who's worked with them and what the you know parents are doing with the guiding relationship. Well, I'm, I'm very into the thought that words have power. And so when you one uses words like never, always, uh, those type of words, it gets seeds planted into the brain. 
um, all, every, everyone of whatever. Uh, it, it, it's actually a talk I really stay away from as much as I can, because as you have said so many times, we don't have a crystal ball into this little humans or bigger humans life in the future. We have no crystal ball. What we can do is move them forward to their best life. And that needs to be our focus. It does. And uh, we, we actually, and you know, in, in uh, RDI, we don't talk about recovery, but we talk about remediation related to potential and that whatever your potential is, we actually know we can get you there. We just don't know what it is. But because we start working so early on, on things like flexibility and uh, resilience, when we get to the point where kids are ready for some of these other things like teamwork, and when they're ready to be able to take the perspective of another person and act on that, then is when we give them the experience of doing that. So we don't push that, no matter the age, we don't push that too early. We wait until the readiness is in place. And I believe that's why we're beginning to see a whole group of people now who have jobs, have relationships, are getting married, and have a quality of life that is important. And the reason I like thinking about this, Catherine, is because, you know, there's a, in, in the general population, there's a spectrum of people. You know, some people are, not everybody's going to be a college professor. And some people are going to have jobs as an assistant at Starbucks and other people are going to have jobs as engineers. And so when I see someone who has a job as a greeter at Starbucks, and has autism, and has a girlfriend, I see that as an incredible success. I do as well. And I I uh, just think, uh, in a general way, it's so important to define success in, in a really meaningful way, and not through a very narrow lens, which I do think can happen just in daily life of all all people, uh, one person's success is, is not another person's success, not their path, but it's that individual success, which is what is important. I have to say, I have always said that RDI is fabulous for marriage. And my parents I've worked with feel the same way. They will come to RDI for their children and go, this is just amazing for my, for my relationship so I really want to I want to spotlight that today because it does prepare for deep relationships and I think that's something that we really want to have an understanding of we're preparing for that and it we see that in our parents we work with and therefore we would see that with the children we work with sometimes I think sometimes the narrowing of vision Uh, isn't something that is chosen. But those early words, as you say, words matter. Those early words that we hear from professionals, this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. Those words take on a life of their own. And so when we look out, 
when parents look out, and professionals too, when, when they look out, they see the world through kind of eyes that are a slit. And it's like, oh, this is so great. Look what he did. He sang the ABC song. I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm overstating it now. The ABC song. But if you can say to that person, open your eyes. Open your eyes to the world that is available. Not the ABC song, but using words in conversation. You know, oh, he said, thank you. Open your eyes. Not at the social skill he's learned, but 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 about the relationships he can have. And so that opening of the eyes is hard to do because if you've been told it can't happen, kind of believe that. And it also takes a lot of time to get where we want to get. But I think if we can keep our eyes open and we can stay focused on these things like um, problem solving, And to do that really early on when we're working in a regulatory pattern and we provide uncertainty and that a challenge that has to be solved, flexibility where we're working on that as well, but it's it's not predictable. So we work on that unpredictability. And then when we begin to work on teamwork, and sometimes it starts with, Um, your job is to get the book at the library. Your job is to draw the picture. Your job is to write the essay, and then you'll make the presentation. I mean, that's sort of teamwork, but it's scripted. Sometimes you need that in the beginning before you get to the real issues around teamwork and then the relationship building. Some of these things are so closely aligned, it's really hard to remember. How did we work on that? Where did that start? Well, it started with the guiding relationship and that flexibility that got, that we got in place for that. And then, of course, once we become aware of ourselves and our own opinions and our own ideas, then we can have the, um, the ability to take the perspective of another person. And so we never say we're going to work on perspective taking, look at that person and ask them how they feel about it. But people have different perspectives and the ways that we work on this. And then finally, uncertainty uncertainty management. In RDI, we start working on uncertainty in tiny little doses. And when we work on those tiny little doses, we see that It sets the foundation for somebody to feel, I did not expect this, but it's okay, and I know what to do. And I think all of that leads not only to the jobs, which is what we were thinking about, but I think it also uh, puts puts in focus relationships and how you develop a relationship and how you sustain a relationship. And I'm just blown away every time I see it. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.